All right, that was a little eight bit "Boys Are Back in Town" by Thin Lizzy. Hold on, who's that by? Thin Lizzy. Really? Yes, you fucking non-listening motherfucker. Shit, I thought that was like uh... Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bananarama. <laughs> uh, no, Bob Seger. No. Huh. Thin Lizzy? I don't even know who the fuck Thin Lizzy is. Thin Lizzy was a shit. He died of... Uh, oh, so it's not a band. It's a singer. No, it is a band. But the the guy, the lead singer died of... Uh, what do you get from Dirty Needles? Um, hepatitis? Hepatitis. Huh. Yeah. Actually, hmm. Axl Rose has a rose tattoo on his arm for Thin Lizzy. He never got to meet him. Dude, uh, Pamela Anderson has hepatitis and she's still alive. She's still fucking hot too. A little, little weird, but I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers or anything. She's... Yeah. She moved to Canada because Trump. <laughs> Did she? Yeah, I respect that. Or Paris or something. Huh. All right. Well, hey, we're best frenemies. I'm Christopher Long, and I'm Johnny. I'm just Johnny. Too. Johnny. I'm like so Cher. like Cher, I'm, yeah. Madonna. Yeah. I'm just Johnny. Prince. Just, just Johnny. Well, just Johnny, what's been going on? Well, this is a portion of our podcast we call the banter <laughs> because we just banter. Well, right now we got a uh, we got the game game uh, five of the Lakers going on right now because my basketball team's still in it. Really, dude. <laughs> Chris, I'm I'm gonna. Uh, I'm you know say, what? I'm going to say what you said to me uh, for seven years straight. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to kick a man while he's down. You know what? You know what's funny about that is you took that differently. I was legitimately like, dude, I'll talk shit up until, you know, the moment or whatever I'm talking shit about. But then after it's done, you know, or once it starts, it's like, you know, I don't kick anyone while they're down. So I actually meant that. As like, dude, I'm not gonna fucking kick you while you're down, I and mean, you took that completely wrong no, and no, got no. up in. No, when I told you that when you, when the Jazz lost and said, "I'm just gonna say what you say," I'm not gonna kick you while you're down. And you're all, but you literally have kicked me while I'm down. I'm like, oh, I didn't say I wasn't going to. I just said I was gonna say what you've said to me <laughs> for seven years. You, you know what, Johnny? I, without hesitation. You're the most resentful person I've ever met in my entire life. (laughs) And I'm putting that over all the women I have known in my life. (laughs) I'm pretty petty, dude. (laughs) Dude. Seriously. No. uh, I hope I'm never on your bad side because. So, so, dude, uh, one of, uh, like, growing up, this this guy, uh, Mr. Clock, used to take us on his boat and, uh, and the the oldest son, he uh, we used to go on like on four day fishing trips with my dad and their family. And David, he, his David saw that like uh, that I did a post about ha- happy uh, diversity for Donovan because he, he yeah, yeah. And uh, turns out his son just got diagnosed uh, okay. with, and you know because he saw on the Facebook and he, so he called me up and he's like, he's like, hey Johnny, it's been uh, it's probably been. When was the last time we ever talked? I'm like, oh, I remember it to this day. It was in, uh, it was in, it was in Lido, and you, uh, you threw a bucket of water on me, and I've never forgot it. And he's like, how well, long ago was that? That was, uh, I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, bro. <laughs> 
You know what? But that really just kind of sums up your character. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's impressive. I'm I'm the elephant of resentments. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! You never forget shit. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let me. Uh, so my basketball team. So we went up three one. We played the Nuggets, and after we went up three one, I was like, "Oh, dude, I fucking jinxed it." Because like, I was we like, "Got to close it out." I was like, "Oh, we're gonna win." Like, cause my goal for the playoff, I just wanted to get past the first round. You say that every year. You're like, and you guys usually do too. Yeah. I mean the last, so three years now we haven't gotten past the first cause we ran up against the Rockets. Uh, or no, last year, the year before we got out cause we beat the Thunder anyway and the Rockets beat us in the second round. Anyway, real quick, I fucking hate the Thun- or, uh, Rockets. Yeah. Fuck. I hate, you know what? Fucking fuck hate. All the Rocket fans, if you downloaded this, you've made a mistake because we don't we don't need your numbers. <laughs> you know what? Furthermore, I'm gonna say, Lou, just go ahead and turn off this episode because you live in Texas. Even though you live in Austin, fuck it. <laughs> you know, guilt by association, bro. <laughs> um, and so my team, we went up three one. And uh, Donovan Mitchell was a freaking monster. Dude, on fire. Fucking on fire. And unfortunately, though, Murray, who plays for the Nuggets, was also on fire. Uh, And we fucking lost. They came back being down 3-1 and beat us in game seven. (sighs) That was only... That's They're only... In your defense, one one of 12 teams in the history of the NBA have ever done that. I... (laughs) And that team just did it. They just uh, now it's it's three to two uh, Clippers. They just did it to the Clippers. I mean, I hope that I hope they do it to the Clippers. I would love that to be the first team ever to do it twice. Yeah. So anyway, I'm a little. uh, So this is the thing. This is going to segue into my story. So I'm dealing with 2020 has been a rough year for me. Uh, I got laid off. Still gamefully unemployed. Uh, you want you want to make twenty bucks? <laughs> <laughs> twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> uh, my team got bounced out of the first round of the playoffs. So, and this happened about a week, week and a half ago. Really rough. It was it. It's been really rough for me. Can I just one up you real quick, Chris? Oh, I'm segueing this. Okay, go ahead. I'm going through a divorce, and my fucking star player died this year. But go ahead. Keep talking. You know what? That's why everyone <laughs> calls you Johnny 1-Up. He ran a 10K. I just ran a marathon. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty down. Like, shit's just uh, not going great. And then, uh, so, this is kind of a, this is a long story. I, I'm, I'm down. I got All nothing right. but time. So, this is going back to 1993. I mean, really, it is. So I was working, I was going to school at Utah State University, and I was working at the paper, the student paper. What's their mascot? An Aggie, a bull. Oh, nice. Yeah. So a call came in that there was a robbery at a a credit unit, a small little credit unit. I mean, in this town, Providence, uh, Utah, which is, I mean, like one traffic light kind of thing, just totally dinky. And there was a bank robbery. Which, in Cash Valley, Utah, like, dude, there aren't fucking bank robberies. It was fucking crazy. And they got away with it. They fucking got away with it. So... No, that's mind-blowing. Because, I, you know, I, I went to Orm High School for a year. And uh, kids would pull into the parking lot with gun racks on their trucks. 
dude, it is. So I moved out to, so in 95, I moved to California. And around that time, a buddy of mine uh, called me and was like, hey, uh, I'll just say his first name. Uh, hey, do you hear what happened uh, happened to Josh? And I'm like, no. He's like, dude, he was on his mission and he fucking got popped. He was the guy who robbed, he was the getaway driver for that bank robbery. So he robbed a bank then went on a mission? To to, like left town? To pay to go on a Mormon mission. That's fucking kind of genius though. To be like, what a better excuse to leave town is Dude, I'm on I know. a mission. And I, I seem to recall like he was up in Seattle and so there were three of them one of them felt guilty, turned himself in, and so, of course, ah. ratted out the other ones. So, in the back of my mind, I've always been like, dude, that's a good fucking story. Like, I got to do something with that. And I always wanted to, like, interview Josh to kind of, you know, like, what happened, you know. So, about a year ago, um, I wrote a short story with the premise of this guy you know, was on a Mormon mission and, you know, he feels the net closing around him. Yeah. So I randomly submitted it to, um, Alfred Hitchcock mystery magazine. So there are two, you know, uh, uh, Ellery queen mystery magazine and Alfred Hitchcock mystery. Magazine. They're owned by the same company. I mean, they've been around since the 1950s, super prestigious. Um, you know, so Alfred Hitchcock mystery magazine, like, Jim Thompson um, of Killer Inside Me and the Grifters fame. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, he is the noir god. He was published in their first episode, you know, Ed McBain. And I mean, really prestigious uh, people. So like last Friday, I was going through my junk email because, you know, I'm applying to a bunch of jobs. I completely forgot I submitted it to him. And the editor hit me up and was like, hey, I love the story. I'm buying it. What? Yeah, and I was like, everything is okay. I don't care about the jazz or the job. Yeah, so that yeah, was dude, congratulations. So that was I'm pretty pretty amped on that. That was that was dude, and I haven't been published I think since I wrote the article on Desi. Yeah. I mean, it's been like four years, like because I've been chasing Hollywood. See, I've been telling you forever that job was keeping you down, dude. That's right, stifling your creativity. So. uh can you, I, let's, I just, let's call your wife right now and tell her tell her what I think of that, that job you had, dude. Yeah, and she'll be like, okay, um, Johnny, so you looking for a roommate? <laughs> <laughs> a bald roommate? Hey, let's not call her. Let's not call her. Dude, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was just excited. Congrats on the getting published. Dude, no, you got a room that's wide open <laughs> no, downstairs. No, no, no. Congrats <laughs> on getting published. Uh, yeah, so I was... Uh, that's what's going on with me. That's it. I mean, 2020, that's the only upside. Is that, uh, uh, yeah, I'm Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine. Is, uh, so essentially, when I don't know when it's coming out, I'm guessing in a couple of months, uh, but I'll be recommending that uh, uh, issue. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you always recommend your published pieces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll be recommending that. Uh, so anyway. Well, dude, embarrassingly enough for me, we're, we're recording at my house, and uh, Laker game is coming on. And so you had to watch me uh, because, once again, Lakers are still in the playoffs. Uh, I'm flipping out <laughs> right now. 
So you had to watch, I have a little, a series of good luck things that I do for the Lakers when I watch a game, which starts with, I have this lucky Nerf ball that has to be placed on the crack of one of the cushions. I have, um, I usually have some form of Lakers socks or hat or shirt. Should LeBron be laying down like this? Dude, you're a dick. I, I, have, I didn't do it. I have baby LeBron that, that has the best seat in the house on the couch. That uh, It's like a little uh, little LeBron. It's not a teddy bear. It's a stuffed, stuffed figurine of LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently old LeBron because it has all its hair. And, uh, and then I have my uh, authentic uh, Jobu uh, New Orleans uh, voodoo doll that I bought on the day... In New Orleans, the day of Kobe's last game. And I specifically walked in there and said, I need something to place in front of the TV to give Kobe good luck on his last game. Oh, dude. So real quick, Johnny set this up for me for my game seven. And I realize now why it didn't work. Because you bought that on Kobe's last game. That last game, he played the Jazz and went off for 60. He did. That was bad juju for my team. That's- if I would have recognized that. You, if it, I would have realized that, I would have told you did to worse. take that down. Did worse. It probably, probably did. And I was, and I, and I tell even Donovan knows, dude. Utah Jazz is my second favorite NBA. You team. know what? We have been, dude. We've had a truce this year, and no, I'm totally. I mean, and quite frankly, I'm a notorious jinx. Um, so I'm a little concerned, but I'm legitimately rooting for the Lakers. To beat the fucking Rockets. I fucking hate the Rockets. Oh, if, you know what? I fucking hate them. Blowout so. game, close game. It feels so good. I wish the, the Lakers could beat the Rockets every night. I want James Harden to be demoralized. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. Anyway. I want them to shave his beard off, too. <laughs> Stupid. Dude, have you seen a picture of him without his beard? Well, he started out. He didn't always have a beard. Like This started I'm, growing for a couple of years. Dude, he looks weird without a beard. Now, it, yeah, now it's like he looks totally weird. It's kind of like you. Yeah, because when you when you shave your beard, I'm like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> dude, you need to grow your beard. Back. <laughs> no, I can't now. Now that I'm dating, like, there's a dude, lot, of, girls, there's a lot of gray in that beard, so I'll get the chick. If uh, I if I get a girlfriend, if I get a girlfriend, then I'll grow then the, beard, grow back the out beard and be like, oh, by the way, there's gonna be a lot of gray coming your way. So you're just trying to like make way for the silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> So you're just trying to look younger. Every you time know, I shave, I look 10 years younger. You know what the thing is? I know I have tons of gray hair, but I fucking shave my head. Yeah. So I know that cuts probably like at least five years. Yeah. Know, for sure. Got to do it. Got to do it, dude. Sorry. So, all right. On this episode, we are doing, we're going to be discussing uh, the second season of The Boys is going. Uh Four episodes have been released. We have watched three. Did you watch the fourth? No. All right. So neither we'll watch, watch so the first three. We're not going to spoil anything. We're going to give a high level overview. Oh, why are you guys going to talk about it if you haven't seen all the episodes? <laughs> Chris is breaking his own shit that he likes to do to me during my recommendations. You know what? Shut up, dude. <laughs> uh, well, Chris, I read the back, uh, the back cover of the book, so I feel like uh, I could discuss it. Uh, we are going to recommend our shit and, uh, top, top five, top five reasons that best frenemies would break up. Yeah. 
That's a funny one. Yeah. Well, I could name a thousand reasons, actually. Oh, it did. Yeah. Just, just my gonna fucking stick- laundry list of shit about Johnny. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. it. No shit. So why don't we get the party started? All right. Let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing out of Costa Mesa, California, two of the meanest podcasters in the game. Both Brazilian jiu-jitsu artists with a background in being family men. Chris and Johnny from Best Frenemies. We salute you on this day, you savages. Ha! What's up, bitches? And now, back by popular demand... It's time for Best Frenemies Top 5 List. All right. Thanks for that intro, Donnie Darko. All right. We got Top 5 Reasons Best Frenemies Would Break Up. Johnny, why don't you start it out? What's your number five? Uh, My number five would be uh, I finally win the lottery and you refuse to record with me anymore because I won't take off my fur coat and matching hat. Because you were really mad at me when uh, we did think top five things we'd buy with the lottery. You know what? And that's still... Um, and it's real fur, too. None of that fake shit. I'm going in deep with PETA. <laughs> I... You know, you've done some real clanker top fives, and but I think the lottery one was probably one of the worst. Oh, like your number one was well, I, buying I, the Guns N' Roses fucking pinball machine? Made by Data Point Inc. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still remember. Go on. Dude, I'm using mine to like hire killers to like go out and uh, murder pedophiles. And you're like, yeah, I want to play the uh, Axl Rose pinball hey, machine. Hey, Chris, you bring up Guns N' Roses. You don't think I'm a fucking afraid to end it right now? <laughs> so... What's All your right. number five? Number Mucho f- motherfucker. My number five yeah. uh, reason for best friend of me is my breakup would be uh, music. <sighs> because I'm tired. <laughs> You're just all about the music and I just like glaze over, bro. <laughs> I'm just like, as evidenced by <laughs> the boys are back in town. Ta- what was that dude's name again? Thin Lizzy was the name of the band. Yeah, like, I'm like, who? <laughs> you, uh, when I have we, no idea. When we were recording, you're all, I swear to God, I thought you were, I was, you were going to be look right at me and say, Bob Seger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's be honest. Music might, is a big <laughs> obstacle. All right, what's your number four? No, that's, what's, oh yeah, music. Yeah, music. Okay. Are you even paying attention to this podcast? Just, All right. No, my number five is Johnny not paying attention. <laughs> well, see, take a number. All right. Uh, oh, my number four would be uh, I visit Japan and find my true love, Sonoya, and never return to the States. You know what? Um, I have a problem with that because um, you don't speak Japanese. Uh, you know what? I speak the language of love, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fluent in the language of love. That's right. And we don't need to talk. <laughs> Let our body. I just need to come up for air and Gatorade at that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number four. Um, my number four reason why best frenemies might break up is I'm really fucking sick and tired of you saying Terminator 2 is better than the first Terminator. 
but I only speak the truth, dude. That no, that's fucking bullshit. And I, you know what? I actually I'm gonna take the creative license to also bring in that you say aliens is better than alien. Yeah, both so of the plural. I'm gonna lump are, those two together. Yeah, I'm fucking break it. You know, I'm gonna totally break up this fucking podcast. I'm tired of that nonsense. Both of those movies, they they said what worked, what worked, what what did people really like from from Alien and Terminator. And they just gave us more. More bangs, more louds, Chris. I'm fucking quitting. <laughs> What's your number three? My number three. Oh, the day Chris finally taps Johnny. Like, you'll have nothing to live for. <laughs> yeah, I might just be done. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just I might walk I might off just into the sunset. Like, you know what? <laughs> I have nothing left to say to you, Johnny. Uh, well, but, I guess it's a coincidence. My number three is. Uh, your squat style might break up this podcast. You know what? It's gotten me this far. It got me through high school, my squat style. <laughs> uh, all right. What's your number two? We're just cruising yeah. along. Uh, my number two, and dude, I wrote this before because you know what? People, I always tell people like, Chris and I really don't talk that much. We talk on the podcast because- Actually, my wife would probably dispute that. Yeah. We do, we do a lot of texting. But I wrote, I wrote that Chris becomes a big time Hollywood writer, <laughs> and then I wrote, and then I wrote that you, uh, but then you get a toupee, and no one's allowed to address it in the room. <laughs> I would appreciate that <laughs> if you don't address it, like like Mark. you just show up one day and you have like the, the flop mop on your. Head. I'll be like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, well, uh, does he think we haven't known him? <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend like it didn't happen. You'll know. You'll be all it hey, it's Christopher now. <laughs> uh all right, my number two reasons why best frenemies will break up is never being able to do a top five on books because Johnny only reads music biographies. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, you gotta admit, I'm getting better now, dude. I've You know what? Yeah, yes. But that's um, only because uh my brother Billy always recommends like rad books that that you obviously always read too for some reason yeah i think billy and i billy and i should start a podcast i think we're more of like minds but i do know that our tens of fans uh <laughs> just like to hear us uh argue so he, you know what he might be coming on our next podcast all right oh yeah yeah i i know why okay my number one reason why best frenemies will break up, and dude, this is 100% real, fucking thumb drives. No, that's true. Thumb drives. Okay, might do it. let's get into it. Let's get into it right now, because when we started arguing uh, about recording today, it's always... It's, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to give some backstory real quick, because... Um, I, I, you can't were the mo- I can't you wait. You were the stingiest motherfucker no. with thumb drives. No, no, no. So no, we no, were, no. And your reasoning no, yes, is yes, wrong. Yes, 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 yes. We record, so we, you have to have a thumb drive to record to. I don't know why you can't just save it to your goddamn hard drive, but whatever, bro. think I'm going to fill up my computer with this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> I got... I have priorities, dude. This is, My hard drive is for porn. <laughs> and illegally downloaded movies. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Me? No way! A friend. I was holding it for a friend. Uh, 
So no, let's no, let's let's get into it, Chris. So you will give me, you'll do the episode, and you'll be like, "Hey, I put it in a ziploc bag, in my mailbox. Come fucking pick it up. My job's done." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you upload it from one of my thumb drives every time I, yeah. we record. I put it on thumb drive. I edit the whole show. Yep, yep. on the thumb drive. I give you the thumb drive. I say my job is done. Yeah. Sorry guys, if it's not out, I I can't do anymore. It's up to Chris. It's up to Chris now. It's up so, to Chris to write a little thing about the episode and upload it. We have different jobs. So you a segregation of duties because we don't want the other person to be able to go off and do their yeah. own podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Uh so No, no, but, but you, you are so stingy. Where's my thumb no, drive? And like, this is the deal. This is the deal. I know why you think I'm being stingy. Because you have like 150 no. of them. Okay. I'll, I'll tell our audience how I got these thumb drives. So, along- so you're just admitting. You're just admitting to how petty you no, are. But no, go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, like two years ago, there was the, the, my son was in a talent show. And my wife at the time volunteered me to like get, like, you know when the girls do gymnastics to a fucking like Miley Cyrus song and this and that. There's some parent out there that has to put together all the songs on a playlist for the program. And at the time, oh, oh, my husband's really good with music. He can do that. So I got all the shit submitted to me and I had to put it and they already had the order. So I had to make a playlist at everyone's, every parent's, their little daughter or son, single song. So the first year was, dude, it was all these CDs and stuff. And when when it was over, I was like, oh, I, you know, I noticed I, I put all the CDs in a bag and said, you guys can pick up your child's CD. Only like one parent picked up their, their CD back. So the next year when I got volunteered. Meaning the thumb drive. The thumb, no, no, no. These were CDs originally. Oh, uh, okay. okay. This, the next year I get volunteered again because I did such a great job. Of course. And, uh, and I went all in and I said, um, yeah, I'm going to need your child's song submitted on a thumb drive. And so I got like 30 thumb drives. And then I did the, yeah, I'm going to put your thumb drives in a, in a bag and uh, you can come pick them up, you know, one day. Only like one person again picked up a thumb drive. So I had 29 thumb drives. So I tell you, hey, look at all these fucking thumb drives I scored. And you instantly looked at that bag of thumb drives and said, that's awesome. Look at all of our thumb drives we have. So... Anytime I loan you a thumb drive, you're like, you didn't pay for it. You know what, dude? You, you treat these thumb drives like I named them. I know them all individually, <laughs> and I must protect them. It's like you're running a fucking foster home for goddamn thumb drives, and you're such a little bitch about thumb drives. And Chris, I wasn't always like that. And then I went to your house one day, <laughs> and remember the time you cleaned out your thumb drive drawer, and there was like six of my thumb drives? Yeah, but they all have stuff on them that's very important. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, if I give you one of my personal thumb drives, you always rename it like Chris's gay porn. <laughs> Never been tapped by Chris. <laughs> Fuck you. I like to put a little Seriously, flavor on it. You know what? I think thumb drive should have been my number one. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. So anyway, today, I finally, like, I don't know, a couple months ago, I bought like a 30 gig thumb drive so you could put some shit on it because you're such a little bitch. You're like, no, go give me a personal one. No, no, no. Well, you accused me. Well, no, no, no. So this morning, I'm like, because we were recording something and you didn't have a thumb drive, so I had to give him my personal one. So that was my memory. So I always put the thumb drives in one spot in a little drawer. 
And I looked and I was like, the fucking, oh, he has my thumb drive. So I'm like, hey, fucker, you got my thumb drive, asshole. I want it back. And you're like, what? No, I don't believe And we were arguing. And finally I was like, you know what? Maybe I should do a little bit more thorough checking. And it was in the drawer. But I <laughs> called you and said, hey, my bad. No, you said, I'm going to be a bigger man than you. It was like a backhanded compliment. Well, absolutely, because you would never fucking do <laughs> that. Like, oh, it would just go radio silent. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be a bigger man than you and admit that I had my thumb drive <laughs> that I accused you of taking. You know, it is really fucking ridiculous. No, and you got... These things that cost like maybe six bucks. Yeah, you got mad that I... Because from you time to time... You started it. You no, no, no. fucking started this Look whole... Look here, bull- motherfucker. This whole bullshit was you and you cheap right. ass fucking the, wanting all your thumb drives. From time to time, you'll say, hey, I'd like a movie. And I said, that's great. Give me a thumb drive. And you'll <laughs> hand me one of my own thumb drives. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, motherfucker, I've been looking for this one. You know what? We're going to start fucking writing our names on our goddamn thumb drives. Fucking bullshit. Well, that's good. You only need one pin for yours, and I need 35 pins for mine, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had a number one. I don't even think I'm going to do it. My number one is fucking thumb drives, asshole. I have my own number one thumb drive, all right? Fuck you. Number one reason why we're going to fucking break up our podcast is thumb drives. Done. We can end the segment now. I can do one better. Let's break up right now. (laughs) Yesterday has been... Tomorrow will I find the sun or will it rain? Everybody's having fun Except me, I'm the lonely one I live in shame I say a multi-state manhunt for William Butcher. If anyone spots William Butcher or any of his known associates, Marvin Mill, Q Campbell, or this man, please call 1-888-0-CRIME. The world still needs superheroes. So let's get out there. Let's take these cocksuckers down. We are famous now. Don't you worry. Daddy's home. Okay, mister, I don't got a lot of time. You know what, dude? I got things to do. You know? (laughs) Just because I don't have a job doesn't mean I have tons (laughs) of time on my hand. Except, you know what? My wife has been uh, super cool. Like, we're going in almost three months. She started asking, so, what'd you do today? Oh, that's the worst. And then since my son is at home, distance learning, 
fucking ratting uh, me out. Oh, dude. He's like, oh, I'll tell you what he did. He was like, oh, I'm unmotivated today. And he's laying on the sofa watching the boys. No. Yes. He fucking ratted me Tell her it was research for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We got to learn how to monetize this. Yeah. Um, Billy hey, Billy keeps saying, what's that shit called? Uh, Patreon. Let me just turn off our air conditioning there. You motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Was it Patreon? Is we're going to get it? something like that together. Cause well, why don't you do that? Well, when my Pepsi contract runs out, you're going to hear me plugging away for that. All right. Sweet. Uh, so... That was a nice little segue into this segment where we are going to talk about season two of The Boys, which is on Amazon Prime. Boys are back in town. Oh, I love Bob, Bob Seger. <laughs> um, so season one, we all left. We actually talked about that. Yeah. Um, I even started reading the comic. So the thing with this season, which I, I don't get, like... People are fucking freaking out because they didn't do the whole season drop. You know, what? they're releasing they're, episodes every Friday. They're mad because they can't binge it and feel superior to other people that have shit going on in their lives. And like, no, I've only seen three episodes. Like, people are writing bad reviews because they didn't drop it all. But the thing is, I prefer i mean actually it's not real applicable right now because i'm not going to work but you know like game of thrones when they release every week you go to work you know on monday and go hey did you watch game of thrones and you can talk about it yeah but when they drop the whole like season like netflix or what they did with the boys you know like hey how many episodes if you watch three oh okay, I can't talk to you about it because you're going to fucking ruin yeah. it. Yeah. So, and there's assholes that love to just binge it all like, there's people that will literally stay up all night long watching a season. I know people that will stay, yeah. They're just like, oh, 10 hours, I'm booking 10 hours, I'm going to watch the whole season. Yeah, and why will you do that? Now you officially have to wait the longest now yeah, for the next season. I swear it takes like two years for them to do another fucking season. I, I like to make it last. I like, I mean. I, I'm on board with one a week. I love that. I mean, so you, uh, uh, our number one fan, Josh. Yeah. Um, AKA tight butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, AKA white belt forever. <laughs> <laughs> that. So we have a little group chat and we're all talking about the boys. But if it was the whole season was there and say Josh watched the whole season, it's like, don't ruin it. Like, yeah. The, so anyway, uh, so as of this recording, there are four episodes that have been released. Correct. And you and I have watched the first three. And I am going to say, I think this season so far is better than season one because I feel that they are really delving into the other characters like Homelander played excellently by Anthony Starr. That guy plays the best asshole I've mm. ever seen, dude. I mean, so season one, you really were, I mean, the, the main character was um, Huey. Yes. Played by Jack Quaid. Um, is he Dennis Quaid's son? He's one of the quay. I can't. I don't know if it's Dennis or Randy. Dude. Maybe you should look that no up. No wonder, I'm dude. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I hope it's Dennis because Randy Quaid is been fucking a little bit nuts. Of, he's been a, that whole like bank uh, thing him and his uh, wife got d- to. Dude, he's gone off the rails. Anyway, um, so that was really the main character that we were associating with was uh, Huey. He is Dennis Quaid's son. Okay, good for him. Good it's not Randy. He's <laughs> fucking crazy uncle. Um but I feel this season that they're really delving into like I mean Homelander has He has a son. He, I mean he and he's has wants, you know, and we see his wants and there's issue. I mean I'm not gonna bring up I mean, well, I can bring up <laughs> that his you know, he's been the undisputed leader of the seven, the superhero group. And now there's kind of some questions on maybe his he's being hit off that pedestal. He ha- he's having people come at him from All different angles. areas. Yes. And so, oh, and also everyone always thought he was such a team player with the uh, with the corporation that really is it is it the seven that are the leaders or is it that corporation? That's kind of what we're yeah. And so we're we're going into that. Um, you know, I feel the other characters. Um, so was it Chase Crawford who plays the deep? So essentially the Aquaman character. He really, he really finds himself on the first couple of episodes. Dude, dude. his whole, you know, we're going into his character and the acting. I mean, across the board on this, the series is fucking fantastic. I love it. I love it. I mean, so I feel like we're kind of branching off and getting to know different characters and becoming invested in them. Um, it's, First three episodes, fucking fantastic. Dude, yeah. Catch up. If you haven't... Oh, you guys haven't seen them yet? You haven't seen the first three episodes? It... Uh, I highly recommend The Boys. I yeah. mean... We... Yeah, we love... Obviously... Now, you... You read the comics before it was even a show, right? Yes. And uh, we... We touched it on the... Because we did a review on the season one when it came out. Yes. On the podcast. And and uh, that it took so long for the show to be made that Simon Pegg was originally. Yeah, even, when it came out, he was actually drawn. like he, He's drawn. If you look at the yeah, comic, he is drawn as. Uh, Huey. Huey. Yes. And. But it, by the time it got made, he was too old. And he was Huey's dad. dad. That's how long yeah. it took. That's, that's, that's but, pretty tongue-in-cheek. Simon Pig talked about it, and he was like, no, I was stoked. Like, I'm just glad I loved the property, and I was glad I could be a part of it, even if it wasn't as the main guy. Yeah. And I was his dad. But um, highly recommend it. Um, Josh said it's a perfect series, which I corrected him and said it's nearly perfect because nothing is perfect. And then I corrected both of you and said... It'll only be perfect when we get to see uh, Starlight's titties. <laughs> you know, and before we hit record, um, <laughs> I mean, dude, it's a gnarly series. Like, I mean, death and all the shit we see. There isn't a lot of nudity. Yeah, that's the only. That's my only. It's uh, my only grievance, and you know, can't really put that in the comics on the internet. The comment section on the internet. Your show's great, but uh. Can we have some more boobies? Yeah, not enough. Uh, not enough boobies for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So anyway, uh, we give season two, the first three episodes, uh, best frenemies, thumbs up. Yeah. Gathered in their masses 
This is the segment we call the hashtag Comic Head, and uh, we have a special guest, uh, Prof. Jeff. Oh, guys, it's great to be back. Great to have you back. And so... Hey, tell them what we did. We had a little little boys night. This tell end. Guys night. Guys Give night. Give it up for the guys night. Guys night. Yeah. We had a little tri-tip, what caught the tail end of the Laker game, which uh, they destroyed tonight. They did, and they moved on to the Western Conference Finals. And they're going to have a hard time. Thank you. Johnny? Hey, uh, say congratulations to Prof. Jeff. He yeah. is a Lakers fan, Chris. This is the first year of my contract, and I would appreciate a little more respect on my name. We're hoping for an extension. <laughs> yeah. I have to renegotiate the terms of my contract. Maybe a jersey. Yeah, Divots. <laughs> hey you guys just let me know after you get done stroking each other and we can go back to the segment <laughs> okay. at hand. all right all right hey who is the guy on the jazz real quick when he would shoot free throws he would like sadly rub his face uh no 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 that was jeff hornacek and he would do it and it was a uh <laughs> he was saying to hello kid. to his kids yeah yeah good times not it's, sadly oh that's so cute but like, i appreciate you bringing up going back to the late 1990s that was when I really liked the Jazz. I was a big fan of that that squad, the Mailman, Mailman Stockton, Carl Malone, yeah. John Stockton, yeah. yeah. Now, it, Chris, Jeff Hornacek looked like a high school history teacher. We, oh yeah, we we <laughs> talked about it earlier, Chris. My mom had a crush on him, and it was like, whoa, really? That's what you're into? Whoa, mom. your mom's a freak. <laughs> I know. Jeez. <laughs> we talked about it earlier, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast. You you were disappointed in your Jazz this year, but. Donovan Mitchell did announce that he's going to sign. Yeah, he's max. doing a max extension, I think, for five years. So, how's it feel to have someone actually want to stay? It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm still processing <laughs> it. Um, so, yeah, no, no, no. I'm hoping for. Uh, I don't know. We're going to run out of money. Five I'm just, times. I'm just watching Rob Jeff touch that mic, and it's going up. It's going down. Listen, we're going to get through this. <laughs> All right. So enough about basketball. This is not hashtag basketball head. Oh, God. It's hashtag comic head. So I'm going to recommend my comic first. Of course you are. Where did the voodoo doll go? It's only for basketball. Hey, oh, stay I'm on sorry. target, Prof. Jeff. <laughs> stay on target. We're just, I feel like you know, you're stay I feel on like, target. I feel like you're in the basics class right hey. now, and you're zoning out and not listening. <laughs> We're playing jazz right now, baby. <laughs> We're playing jazz. Just go with it. <laughs> Polyrhythms. Hey, don't make me start scatting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take the baseline for a walk, Chris. <laughs> Dude, Jackson and I, we're going to like start doing the scat. Like, <laughs> take Jackson. Wow, hey, this what? is gone downhill. Hey, hey I, I can fix that in the edit, guys. Hey, I get, 
What are you talking about? That was fucking great. Hot mic, hot mic. All right, all right. So my comic is going back to 1982. It is by Chris Claremont, who's kind of the godfather of X-Men comics. He did a one-off comic called God Loves, Man Kills. I think it is very timely right now. Um, The premise is Magneto and uh, Professor Xavier team up to uh, defeat a preacher who is whipping up anti-mutant sentiment. Um, And I remember reading that, like seeing the promos for that comic back in the day, and it was freaking gnarly. It was... uh, you know, you have school kids, pictures of school kids, and you have one that had an X, and it was like mutant. Uh, and it was like, did the whole, you know, it's 10 a.m. Do you know where your mutant is? <laughs> it was super dark, um, but I highly recommend that. And if you're into comic books or want to get into comic books, uh, I recommend reading the classics, and that is one of them. God Loves, Man Kills by well, Chris Claremont. Well, Chris, isn't it correct that the X-Men have always kind of served as, as a... A metaphor for the civil rights movement for equal rights. You know what? It so yes. I mean, quite frankly, the like in the seventies, I think that Stanley um yeah, repressed. I mean, they were the repressed uh group. I mean, they were born that way. They weren't made. Stan Lee actually came out years later and was like he was just being lazy when he created the X Men. He was like, you know, I did all the origins for Spider-Man and the Hulk and Fantastic Four, and I kind of ran out of new ways to make these people superheroes. So I'm just like, all right, they're born that way. So that could be, I mean, he dealt with, you know, racism. I mean, he, and quite frankly, like horror and science fiction, it does a great way Mm -hmm. of dealing with those issues Mm -hmm. because it's subversive and it comes at it from a different way. It doesn't just come out and go, you know, Hey, racism's bad, but it talks about prejudging people for just on who they are. Right. Um, so X-Men has done a great job with that. And actually, God Loves, Man Kills was uh, kind of cannibalized for X-Men 2. Um, so it is definitely, I mean, it's in the, I think that whole, it's in the DNA of repression and... Uh, <sighs> fundamentalism about going after a certain group is in x-men's dna um i don't know it's yeah. yeah i think it's uh it's timely then and it's really depressing but it's timely now yeah it's definitely like you said more it's more easy to see than like you see it in science fiction or in horror but I guess it's almost better that way because of the demographic that's mostly reading those comics. You kind of need it to be a little more easy to see. You know, and I think you and I were kind of talking about racism that's playing out right now. And I think people shut down if you just come at them Mm -hmm. with, you know, I mean, obviously we're seeing people now with Black Lives Matter, they just shut down and they don't want to hear it or they're against it. But, you know, Star Trek back in the day right? did it. And it wasn't like a black, white. It was like green and, you know, white. So, but it was still racism. You know, it was still judging these people on a certain way. And it doesn't matter what color your skin is. So, you know, hopefully things like this with the, I mean, even though I think the demographic for comic book readers is 
you know, 30 year plus white men right. reading comics. I mean, but I don't know. It's a great use of metaphor and you can come at people in a different way. And, you know, I think inherently you can look at what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And you can tell those stories and not have people shut down immediately. Um, uh-oh. There you go. There We're all good. All right, that's my buzzer telling me to stop. So, <laughs> Time's up. Time's up. Johnny, what do you got? <clears throat> I got a Jared Way from my Chemical Romance. I have his uh, comic that Netflix has done a series on, and it's The Umbrella Academy, book one, Apocalypse Suite. Now, the cool part is, is we got into it after season... I thought season two of the show was way better than season one, but it made me like me and uh, Darko liked it so much or Darko and I that we went to comics, tunes and toys and got the first book. And the cool part about it is, is there's different stories that take place, even though it kind of takes place in the same time frame as season one on Netflix. Uh, there's different stories and there's different stories on the show and there's so you're not just reading what you saw which is cool so it's not a straight adaptation right right yeah. like the the people on the show chris you're stepping on all kinds of wires i'm just gonna put my feet up there okay um like the 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 time traveling people that are that are trying to get them on the show yeah they're, they're not even on that but there's a rad story that takes place in Paris in the Eiffel Tower may or may not talk and like turn into a spaceship. Like you cannot confirm nor deny whether it yes. does that. And uh So the it, the so the assad the time traveling killers are just in the T V show? Just in the T V show. Okay, gotcha. So that whole like plot line in like the agency. Yeah. Which plays such a like a even bigger part in in uh So that's not in the comic. It's not in the comic. Oh. All right. But there's, there's, but the people are still trying to kill them. It's just not that agency. Okay, gotcha. Um, what did you? How did you? Uh, and unlike the, unlike the show, Vanya, who's played by Ellen Page, uh-huh. the the girl in the book, super hot. <laughs> unlike Ellen unlike Page, Ellen Page, dude. Uh, so it's killer did, though. If you like you, the show, it's cool to see like how they what they really came from. I mean, did you like one better than the other? The show or the comic? I think they complement each other. I think if you're a fan of the show, if you really like the show, c- check out the comic. It's it's cool. Okay. And it's cool to see what the origins, you know what I mean? Like, what where they're getting their source material from is really cool. Nice. All right. I'll steal that. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can borrow it tonight. All right. Professor Jeff, what you got for us? Oh... Uh, is it okay if I do two floppies? Yes. Cool. You can do whatever right. you want. You're a black belt. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. Technical difficulties. Yeah. The weird part is the audience doesn't hear that. Just our headphones. It's a headphone thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's two books running right now that I wanted to recommend. A lot of times, or most of the time, we do trades and that's awesome because in a trade or in a graphic novel, you're going to get a complete story arc and that's really, really cool. But maybe you're like, you know what? I'd like to start reading something that's coming out monthly. Two books I recommend right now. First one is Thor. 
Thor is written by Donnie Cates. The art is done by Nick Klein. The colors are done by Matt Wilson. Um, Donnie Cates recently finished <clears throat> a awesome run, Silver Surfer Black. We recommended that previously on the podcast. And this ties into that. It's kind of involved, you know, Donnie Cates, he does an amazing job with these kind of cosmic stories. This involves uh, Thor has just become the uh, all father of Asgard. And then Galactus comes to him and demands that he become the herald of Galactus. And we know that previously and through uh, many, many uh, different like time periods, Silver Surfer has been the, the herald of Galactus. So it kind of ties all those stories together. Really, really fascinating. Really good. Art's great. Donny Cates, I think, is at his best when he's writing about cosmic stuff, so I highly recommend it. The other book is uh, Wolverine. It's only on issue five right now. Thor is only on issue six, so you can pick these stories up right where they're at. You could get the back issue floppies, or most likely the first um, trade when they come out will cover the first you know issues one through five or one through six, so you'll be all caught up. Um, and I would also say just a quick note is that Usually arcs are going to run about five or six issues. So if you kind of like ask the guy at the shop or, you know, you can kind of pick up a story, even if it's in like issue, maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 or whatever, but you can start in a new arc and you won't be too lost. And then you can, you know, read the back issues later or whatever. In uh, this issue of Wolverine, it starts, he's trapped in a block of ice. He's surrounded by vampires, including Dracula. And they're using his blood so that they can uh, become daywalkers. And essentially, these vampires are basically creating more vampires to try to build an army. And um, I really like the art. <clears throat> the art's by Victor Bogdanovich. Uh, the comic is written by Benjamin Percy. Uh, Chris, you said he's an author of some other books. Yeah, yep. yep. Novelist, stellar. He is absolutely... Um, blood Moon is one of them that deals with... Uh, uh, werewolves. Uh, dude, I'm flaking on or spacing on the other name, but no, he's a great novelist. So, um, art's really good. I, you know, I hadn't read Wolverine for a while. I kind of got off of it on like the last arc on the previous writer, but, um, I saw Adam Kubert was doing work with uh, Wolverine again, doing art for it. And he's one of like the classic Wolverine artists from the nineties. So some like really famous issues, like featuring juggernaut and Wolverine and stuff like that. He did art for, so he was doing it again. You know, sometimes during these like, uh, long running comics, they'll have guest artists do a few issues. So, um, it's kind of cool. You get to see different art throughout the, the different arcs of the book and storylines of the book. That's right. So, um, actually you just sold me on that with the vampires. Um, yeah. And the craziest thing, the craziest thing kind of tying it to Thor, if this kind of gets you guys more excited is that, at the end of this particular floppy issue, issue five of Wolverine, um, Logan is out in the middle of the forest and the Bifrost shoots down and comes to pick him up. And um, it ends with Thor saying, you are needed elsewhere. So pretty cool tie-in. Um, it seems like we're having a lot of, there's a lot of crossover going on in Marvel right now. So it's a really, I think like, Marvel right now is in a phase where everything is really kind of fun and exciting. There's a lot of cool stuff happening with X-Men right now as well. Um, Thor's really good. Wolverine seems to be tying into Thor. So um, you can go to your comic shop. You can get a pull list or a subscription, they call it. And then 
you're going to have your issues, you know, a couple every week maybe, and then you have your stuff you can read. So And ask the people that work there. They know. Tell them what you like, what you want to read, and they'll they'll come up. It's like when you get a tattoo, and you, you tell the tattoo artist, oh, I want this, and you can, maybe you even can draw a little, and you show them, and then what they usually, a good artist will bring back, he'll make your idea 10 times better than what you even envisioned. So they're going to do the same thing for a comic, they're, especially if you keep going in there. They start realizing what you like, and then you get, I like really off-the-wall crazy shit, and I got someone there that gives me the most bizarre stuff ever, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Support your local comic shop. Uh, in addition to getting graphic novels, it's kind of fun to get a couple floppy issues or get a subscription, and um, that way you kind of read something current. So it gives you a little taste. You yeah. don't have to read a whole story at once. It's kind of nice to like not have a huge commitment of a whole graphic novel to read you can just read one one issue and kind of keep up to what's happening with that character so. i do that all the time i just like i'll just pick it by the cover like if i think the cover is cool i'll oh, check it out so, you yeah. know it's it's like it's not it's hey, like five hundred um, five dollars investment uh johnny uh there's an old adage that you don't judge a book by its cover <laughs> I, don't um look a gift horse in the mouth uh, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink my night is ruined <laughs> Leave me alone, Christopher. Whoa. He got involved with this. He started it. Anyway, uh Professor Jeff, thanks for coming by. Thank you. Always insightful. Um actually we should probably just turn this segment over to Professor Jeff and you and I will just Yeah. You know. Quietly listen. I thought your recommendations yeah. <laughs> were great. Look, it's awesome. You know, your recommendation is very timely. Johnny, they can watch the series on Netflix as well. That's right. It's awesome choices. Read some comics. It's good for you, everybody. All right. Well, thanks. Can you make any more noise with the mic, dude? Here, hold on. <laughs> Jack, Jack. Well, are we recording? I'm ready to record. We're we, playing, we're playing fast and loose today, Chris. Well, I kind of, we're at your house. I'm on your sofa, and I started to relax and kind of <laughs> droop down, so I had to adjust. The, the whole time I'm getting ready, you're like, got to record, got to record. And then right when I hit record, you move the mic, dude. Well, I'm kind of used to you not being ready to record. I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing important stuff over here, Chris. Like when I was always late over to your house, and the one time I came on time to your house when we were recording. Oh, and I was having sex? <laughs> you know what's funny? It's my wife. She brought that up the other day. Like, I, I, 
made a reference like my son being a cock block or something i show up on and time. i was like hey remember that time johnny came over early and you and i were doing it <laughs> or no we were getting ready to do it and you came early oh dude that fucking that was the worst day of my life john <laughs> I, I i i get chastised for always being late to your house to record then i'm well there you should know five I minutes early i should have put a tie on the front door <laughs> yeah like, dude i told him to come back a hey, sock all right anyway this is the recommendation portion my recommendation is put a sock on the front door <laughs> when, when your podcast partner comes over knowing that you're about ready to get some <laughs> uh all right my recommendation is i believe it came out maybe a week last week um oliver stone wrote a book um an autobiography about the first i think the timeline was like his first 40 you know when he hit the age 40 in hollywood so it's the first part of his career hey, motherfucker this is the second time you got to turn off the I air know. conditioning it's so hot in here dude um they oh so he you know it's funny cuz when i think of oliver stone i mean i'm thinking it, Huge success in Hollywood, Platoon, JFK. I mean, all these great films and he's a, you know, monster success. I mean, he wrote the screenplay Scarface and... He wrote that for Brian De Palma? Yeah. I, I never knew that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wrote that. And so I assume, I mean, it's just, man, he's a huge success. And he talks about, dude, he really struggled in Hollywood, I mean, because he wanted to direct. So when he was writing, I mean, he obviously had success when he wrote Scarface. And, you know, he wrote some other scripts. Uh, Midnight Express, which, you know. It was amazing. Got a bunch of accolades. So as a screenwriter, he was doing really well. But he wanted to direct. And the directing side of it, I mean, dude, struggles. Like, struggles. And so he wrote this book, and it's fucking fantastic. I mean, the thing with Oliver Stone, I love all, Oliver Stone. He kind of, I mean, he's he's kind of like Michael Moore, you know? Like he yeah, had, I he, mean, he gets, it, he gets into the conspiracy. Yeah, he goes deep, and it's like, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like, I mean, he, he does propaganda. I remember when he did the Doors movie? I remember, like, he wasted, like, $15,000 on making special packs of Marlboro Reds for them to smoke because the Marlboro Reds in the 60s were a different color red than the Marlboro Reds now. Like, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, he gets fucking weirdo. I mean, <laughs> it's funny, too, in the book. I mean, he brings up Jim Morrison a lot. Like, he loves Jim Morrison. Dude, and I love Val Kilmer, but I think they could have got someone better for Jim Morrison. Maybe. I thought he did a good job, though. Mm. I thought it was a good film. Mm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but you know I don't like music, so yeah, I, I defer what to you. you? <laughs> I defer to you on that. Um, so, anyway, he wrote the book, Chasing the Light, and fucking fan. He's such a great writer, and he's such a great storyteller. And I didn't know. I mean, I knew he had drug like he did a lot of drugs dude he was a fucking cokehead yeah that's my boy fucking <laughs> cokehead dude um 
but he, I highly recommend it. Um, even people, maybe if you're not a huge fan of his, I think it's just What's a the, great look. You know, it's behind the curtain of Hollywood around the, you know. What's the 70s. name of the book again? Chasing the Light by Chasing. Oliver Stone. All right. So that is my recommendation. Okay, my recommendation is, and this actually came from Billy, who is one of, uh, he's on one of our threads. He's my brother. And uh, he, he recommended a, a, a podcast called Deep Cover. And I checked it out and fell in love with it. It's, I know we did an episode on um, Winds of Change. Yes. And a lot of people after the episode went and checked it out and were like, dude, that was a rad podcast. This one is better than Winds of Change. It's so good that we're, I'm telling all the listeners right now to download uh, season one. There's nine episodes. It's called Deep Cover. And uh, it's about marijuana, motorcycles, and mayhem. Deep Cover is the true story of an FBI agent in Detroit who goes undercover in an outlaw motorcycle gang and makes a series of bizarre discoveries that inadvertently lead to the U.S. invasion of a foreign country. And it's, dude, basically, dude, he gets this crazy, like, he gets this crazy uh, script from an ex-FBI agent where it sounds and it reads like a fucking horrible Steven Seagal movie. Like, basically, the FBI agent gets this guy that's like the lead singer of an outlaw biker band and uh and gets him to flip and go undercover and and like and so he goes undercover with the guy he gets to flip he grows a horrible fu manchu mustache and they start infiltrating the biker scene and it's amazing and from time to time like you'll have the narrator then you'll have them interviewing the FBI agent and then He'll, they uh, have actors reading excerpts from the script that he wrote. And it's amazing, dude. And you're going to eat it up, dude. So I'm telling everyone right now, download it because we are going to, that will be the meat and potatoes of the next episode. And we might even have my dick brother, Billy, come on and uh, talk about it with us because I don't know. Anytime Billy's with you, Chris, you guys team up on me and I don't, I don't really appreciate that. You know what? I actually think Billy and I should probably, um, I think, kick you to the curb, and Billy will be the best friend me. No, no. He, then you guys would just it'd be best friends podcast. And yeah. That's true. That's true. We're going to have to reband you guys it. guys can it. call it high five. <laughs> <laughs> call it, I read books. I went to college. <laughs> Dude, done. <laughs> okay. Well, now it's time to portion to take you out with the song. And Chris, guess what? It's kind of my favorite time of the year right now. Because what's my favorite holiday? Uh, Arbor Day? This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Oh, so, I, I thought it was Arbor Day. So I got to tell you right now, like going to like Target and shit. They, oh, yeah. The they, Halloween shits. Oh, it's my favorite time of the year. So like I love the skeletons and the skulls and the candy Dude, skulls. come on. Halloween's going to be canceled this year. But guess what? This is when Johnny, when you guys see the decorative Halloween plates, I'll spend $15 on a plate of like a fucking rad ceramic plate with skeletons all over it because I'm using those all year long. That's, <laughs> that's my gig. Look at, like, look up by the TV, dude. That's from uh, Trader Joe's. Has the, the, 
you know, the yoga skeletons with the plants coming out of the head, those are sought after items. That's I waited <laughs> a year. That, hey, for those. Chris, that's an investment. Right, those right there, Chris. Those are collector's items, the, Chris. Dude, skeletons and succulents together. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm into. You know, moving out to Southern California from Utah, I think the main culture shock to me was that adults in Southern California take Halloween way more serious than the kids. I have never not dressed up for Halloween. Dude. This ha- year will be no exception. Even ha- if it's just me in my house watching horror movies. Halloween? Dude, adults? I mean, in Utah, it's just the fucking kids. And like 13. If you're over 13, like, no, no, no you don't do Halloween. Out here, it's like kids are an afterthought. Yeah, well, that leads, brings me to my point. So guess what? What? Guess who dropped a new album, but none other than the mayor of Spooky Town himself, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Bob Seger. <laughs> yeah, and he dropped the album on Friday, 9-11. I don't know if he Whoa. did that on purpose. I don't know if he did that on purpose, but knowing Marilyn Manson, he probably he did. did it on purpose. Yeah. Um, the name of the album is called We Are Chaos. And this, he, uh, dude, he, it, he's, this is more of a mellow album, kind of more Bowie, Marilyn Bowie-ish sounding. And, um, he got Shooter Jennings to, uh, produce this album. He's, Who? he's, uh, Shooter is a son of Waylon Jennings, who's a country singer, outlaw country singer. Well, I know Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Uh, well, I know Waylon. Yeah, of course he do. You're from Utah. So the, the song that I'm going to take everyone out with is and i just turned off my phone to it's called halfway and one step forward and you'll pick up on the vibes a little bit more mellow but you guys take it spoozy spooky and we're going to be coming back with a new episode soon no take it spoozy (laughs) i want to spoozy all over you (laughs) you know what i'm leaving that in Uh, don't hey Warts and all, baby. Warts and all. (laughs) All right, you guys. Thanks for listening.